Welcome back to another episode of Peter's Proffer here in the courtroom of current events. And today we are going to talk about a crazy news story out of Key West where an eight-year-old boy was arrested and put into handcuffs. Today we're going to discuss how old do you have to be to actually get criminal charges in this country? What can you do if you're a minor and you now have this arrest on your record? We're going to jump into all those questions and more on this week's podcast. I've got my partner, Peter Sardis, and my dad, George Tragos, on to talk about all the criminal implications. If you guys have any questions about a current event, a news story you see, or just a random legal question, feel free to enter it onto our social media. At Tragos Law is our handle. We'll do our best to get to every question and answer everybody's question that comes on there. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. All right, Pete, why don't you tell us, what is this story that came out of Key West recently um, about an eight-year-old boy getting arrested? All right, so here's how this kind of comes to fruition. A federal civil rights lawsuit gets filed yesterday against Key West police uh, and the, um, the school district down in Monroe County. And what the lawsuit alleges is back in 2018, an eight-year-old boy that the lawsuit says is... Uh, disabled because of his ADHD, depression, anxiety, and oppositional defiance disorder, um, is eating lunch in the lunchroom at his school. A teacher tells the boy to sit properly in his cafeteria bench seat, and at some point, the little boy, she asks him to, to come out in the hall with, uh, with her so she can, I guess, correct him. He tells her no, punches her in the chest. They call the police. The police show up, take the little boy and put him in handcuffs, and the police actually file charges of felony battery against the eight-year-old. Um, I'm, there's a videotape on this, and the video came from the body cameras of the police officers, and I'm sure it'll be attached to this. Uh, they would know it was released by the lawyer who filed the civil lawsuit. Sure, but it, the video is out there, and, right. and what you see, you can actually see the police officers talking, and they tell the little boy, "Do you know where you're going?" And he's and then kind of he's crying, obviously, and they say, you're going to jail. They turn him around and they handcuff him, and the police officer says, the handcuffs are too big, because the handcuffs won't close to the point that will, I guess, hold his eight-year-old wrists. Um, anyway, to make a long story short, they file the charges. The state attorney's office holds on to these charges, and I'm not sure exactly what they were doing for about eight or nine months. Ultimately, they dismiss the charges against the eight-year-old boy. So they didn't end up prosecuting. Correct. Okay, so how does this work then? In Florida and around the country, how are eight-year-olds getting arrested? How are they held, held responsible for their actions? What is the age of accountability generally in the criminal sector? All right, um, I guess we're talking two different things, but let me start with the basics. I did some research. Florida and Alabama have no minimum age for a criminal defendant, meaning so you a can charge anybody. Right. Uh, 11 states limit criminal charges to over the age of 10. Arizona, Nevada, and Washington uh, set the floor at 8. Maryland, Massachusetts, and New York set the floor at 7. And North Carolina sets the floor at 6 years old. Um, the question generally is, though, when are you old enough or capable enough to, to produce something that we know the law as mens rea, which basically is criminal intent? Right. Your mental state. And that's really you know the question. And the general theory is somewhere between 7 and 14, children are presumed uh, incapable of forming criminal mens rea, generally. 
uh, although different laws apply based on different standards. Okay, so so what are what are they alleging in this federal lawsuit? What are they saying was wrong? Just because you can't just file a lawsuit because you got arrested, you can only do that if they didn't have proper probable cause or if somebody lied to get you arrested or something like that. So what what are they alleging in this lawsuit? They're basically alleging that they violated the little boy's civil rights by because he's too young or just generally speaking. Generally speaking, okay. not not necessarily because of his age. I think his age is in. Uh, infuriating, which is why they bring it up in the lawsuit a lot. What they're basically saying is they didn't even interview this little boy. They didn't talk to him. They just walked in to get your hands up against the wall, put him in handcuffs, and took him away. So theoretically, this lawsuit could have been for anybody of any age. It just happens to be an eight-year-old, or is the fact that he's an eight-year-old a big part of the lawsuit? I think that you also have to look at the mental issues. And that's what they were talking about a lot in the lawsuit is the fact that he has these disabilities and that these disabilities should have been taken into account before the police put him in custody well, and arrested again, him for these that charges. That could be for just about anybody that's got you know, mental issues or, or mental incapacity. Yeah. If they were to do that to them, then this lawsuit would apply to them as well. Truth be told, yeah, it's a police brutality case in its core. So they come in and put handcuffs on an eight-year-old because he punched his teacher. They didn't take him to the principal's office. They didn't reprimand him there. They actually just call the cops and come throw cuffs on him. Is that normal procedure when dealing with this? You know, normally it's not normal procedure. Um, normally the Department of Juvenile Justice handles these cases. In other words, the sheriff's office normally doesn't come to a, to a, to a place, grab a six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, stick him in handcuffs and take him to jail. There is an entire different process that exists. Well, you know, the chief of police in that town, it was Key West, I believe, said that these officers followed all the proper procedures, did everything they were supposed to do. I realized it was an eight-year-old boy, and I realized that uh, it's, it's to watch an eight-year-old boy get arrested is a disturbing thing to see. But he sits there and he punches a teacher. The police did not abuse him. They did not beat him up. They didn't throw him on the ground. They actually, it's recorded, they were kind to him. They spoke softly to him. They didn't yell at him or raise their voice. Um, when you arrest somebody for a felony, you're supposed to handcuff them. They couldn't handcuff him. And so they just kind of let him out. Uh, you know, in the old days, yes. In the old days, it would have been handled, I think, by the local principal or would have been handled in the school. I think in the day we live in, you know, what we're living in today, uh, even a, a fight at school now. Kids get arrested for having fights at school. And it used to be you just kind of walked away and said, hey, look, detention. stop. You, know, you got detention. Stop well, fighting. You, you know, know? It, it's funny you say that. I looked, again, in, in the process of preparing for this thing, I, I did some research. You know what I find? I find that Orlando police in 2019 arrested two six-year-olds um, for battery after they, I guess, threw a tantrum in class. Yeah, that's so, crazy. You know, this is the kind of stuff that you're right. The principal should have dealt with it. Somebody other than calling law enforcement. I mean, you know, we're not talking about somebody being murdered or shot in these situations. These should be handled by the school staff. You know, Florida has the record of two things. One, we have the youngest person ever sentenced to life in prison, and it was a 12-year-old that killed a six-year-old, and. Uh, the prosecutor in that case even said that there should be some leniency here. But when you're convicted of first-degree murder in Florida, it's life in prison. And so this 12-year-old got sentenced to life in prison. Later on, the sentence was changed. But the fact is, you know, that's a murder. 
these situations should be able to be handled by the school. Yeah, and we're not talking about, and if you want to just real quick, Pete, talk about situations in which minors or juveniles can be charged as adults. We can run through those really quick. We've done podcasts that have talked about that before, but why don't you run through some of the situations where it is appropriate to treat a minor like an adult? Right. Generally, let's talk about it. A minor technically is anybody under the age of 18 that's not married, meaning they're not emancipated. And the reality is this. If you're somewhere between 14 and 15 year olds, uh, there are 21 specific felonies that uh, the prosecutor can charge you as an adult in federal court. And that's stuff you would expect to see. You know, arson, sexual battery, robbery, kidnapping, aggravated child abuse, aggravated assault, aggravated stalking, murder, manslaughter, uh, throwing a destructive device or a bomb, armed burglary, burglary of a dwelling, and other crimes like those you know, involving guns and drugs and stuff. The, ser- stuff. the most serious yeah. of crimes. Now, when you're 16 and 17-year-olds, the law basically says that the state attorney's office can direct file, meaning charge children as adults, with any felony at all. And the discretion really is public interest and uh, how adult sanctions apply to a case. Um, Just as a side note, adult activities like driving, like DUIs, those types of things would automatically go to adult court. Right. And that's not what we're talking about with this case in Key West. That's not what we're really focusing on today. We're focusing on younger kids. We're focusing on less crazy circumstances. I mean, punching a teacher is, is horrible and you have to protect the teachers. I understand that. But again, not murder, not something that would uh, go direct file to adult court or anything like that, not an adult activity. And one of the big implications is how does this affect this kid now for the rest of his life? Because even though he wasn't convicted, even though the charges got dropped, there's still a felony arrest on his record right now at, what was he, six years old? Eight eight. Eight years old. I, I think we need to determine, first of all, it's not on his... It's not a felony arrest because he was a child and a juvenile. Exactly. So let's explain what that means. It's a, he, Why it's a is delinquency it not? petition okay. at his age. So, and what does that mean? That means that he, he was delinquent. He was a bad boy. And so, therefore. Well, it's worse than being a bad boy. It's not well, like a demerit at school. Well, no, but it's sealed. It's, it's not a public Prosecutors record. see it, though. Prosecutors so can see it. So in the future, if he gets arrested it. again, it's something that's going to be held against him. Sure. Yes, but it shows it was dropped. It wasn't pursued. Right. So his record is still technically clean. Um, and so it's different than having a felony conviction. I didn't say conviction, I said arrest. But it's also different than a kid that's never been arrested from a felony. Would you agree with that? I, I would agree that's with that. That's my point, is now that he's been arrested, handcuffs on, as opposed to even kicked out of school. Like you punch a teacher, get kicked out of school, fine. But now he's been arrested. So he has this felony arrest or this delinquency arrest on his record so what can they do? Can they seal that? Can they expunge that? Can you get it to actually go away? What are the options now that he's eight years old and has the, and he's dealing with this? All right. Because he's juvenile, his record is not open to the public. Although that doesn't automatically mean that it's sealed or expunged. He would actually have to go through the process of sealing his juvenile record to remove the arrest from his record. And I'll tell you, I don't know at eight years old the implications of this, but as he were to get older, let's presume he just you know, started getting in trouble more and more. If you get in trouble in that, what I call that, that middle ground between you know 17 and 21, and it's a serious felony, that juvenile conviction can come over into his... He was not, adult, well, wait, yeah. he was not Are you convicted. talking about the arrest? 
No, the arrest, no. The, okay, the, well, that's what I'm saying. So his, his the arrest is not going to come into play. No, then it's in just going to show day. that he was arrested at right. 8. It's basically, if any other juvenile problems come up, they're going to be able to see that this kid's already been arrested once. That is a strike, whether or not you get convicted. We all know that. We know getting arrested can have serious implications on your life, and now he's got to do this at 6 years old. But, Dad, you're saying that he applies for a job, nobody's going to see it, unless it's a government job, I guess. Right, unless it's a specifically enumerated job, and there are some, like, School teachers, law enforcement, <clears throat> right? Unless it's a job like that, they're not really going to see this. This is going to this is going to go away. Um, and another thing, and I know we just touched on it here, but Florida direct files, you know, ups these things to felonies in adult court more than any other state in the country. So, what he means by direct file is a juvenile being filed or charged as an adult. Right. directly happens more in Florida than anywhere else. Right. And if he would have been 16 and he was arrested for this charge, it would have been certified up to adult court. Right. And as it may, I'd agree with it a lot more if a 16-year-old right. boy punches a female teacher. Right. I mean, that right. I wouldn't have as much of a problem as an 8-year-old. And I'll tell you the truth, and I, I hate to say it, and again, you're right, I respect the teachers and they definitely should be safe in their and work And that kid should be kicked out of school. Oh, without a doubt. And go put in a special school with, with stricter security and stuff like that. I agree with that. All right, but when you look at him, at the end of the day, he is so small that they can't even get the handcuffs to actually attach to his wrists because he's so small. I can't imagine that this kid actually produced enough damage to aggravatedly batter well, the teacher. And, and you know, the, I guess the charges were dropped, but you know there are also programs. Right. You know, there are juvenile, you know, he, maybe he's got a temper problem. Maybe he's got some other problem. I don't know. But the, there are programs Rehab in the juvenile, right, where they can try to help these kids because you don't want this kid growing up and, and, and being violent. it's okay to punch right. teachers. And, right. I'm with you, but don't you think, I guess the question here is, do you think that it was right for two uniformed police officers to show up at school, pull the eight-year-old out of the lunchroom, put him up against the wall, throw handcuffs on him, and put him in the backseat of a police car? You know what? It's this, unfortunately, it's a society we live in today that if that principal hadn't called the police and something more serious would have happened, there would have been another lawsuit. And, you know, I hate to say this, but, you know, these, the risks that are taken by people in the schools, the principals and all, when they have this violent situation come up, if they don't do something particularly egregious to be safe, like call the police, they have liability themselves. You right, know, and I, I think it's just a sad situation. Obviously, a wrong was done. I just think it could be handled better. Um, but that would be reasonable people all the way around, which we just don't have today. We don't have reasonable people yeah. all the way around making decisions everywhere. So that's just a little current event we wanted to dive in, talk about some of the legal implications. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want to hear anything like this or have any legal questions, feel free to reach out to us on social media, at Tragos Law is our handle, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere you can find us. Send us your questions and we will do our best to answer all of them. Thanks for being with us.